0: Hi, everyone. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at the Off the Bench podcast. I'm glad that you're here today. I want to talk about an article that came out just a few days ago in the Atlantic called Let's Declare. Are you ready for this? A pandemic amnesty. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I'm glad you guys are here today. I want to say thank you to everyone who signed up to come to the women's retreat with me. I am currently in Salt Lake City. And in fact, the next podcast that you see here on YouTube is gonna be coming at you from the mountains of Salt Lake. You're very excited. Uh, I know a lot of you wanted to get in on that and you missed it because that it just, uh, it just it filled up in like 48 hours. So we are planning a couple of more and you will hear about those pretty soon. I'm gonna be talking to the women this weekend, specifically out of Psalm 119, where the Bible teaches us that God renews our hearts through his goodness. So what does that look like? We're gonna spend a little bit of time in Salt Lake City talking about that. And I'm gonna be talking to you about it when I get back next week. Also, I wanted to let you know that we just wrapped up our study at Strong International on identity. So Imago Day Created, Known, and Loved, was the study that we went through in October. For the month of November, I have written a study called The Peaceful Fruit of Righteousness, Parenting Principles for Every Season of Parenting. And if you are in the throes of parenting right now, or you know someone who is, or you are a grandparent, this study is for you. So I spent the last month or so writing it out and really it kind of went a different direction than I thought it was gonna go because as we start talking about parenting, I think it's easy Or parents, especially, to want someone to give them just a formula. Just tell me what to do. How can I get a a new kid by Friday? And the fact of the matter is, the formula that you're looking for is not a formula. It's an adherence to the principles that God sets out in his word, starting with what we adhere to in our own lives. And so you're going to love this study, The Peaceful Fruit of Righteousness. The Bible teaches us that children who are raised up in the nurture and admonition and discipline of the Lord yield in their lives the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And the word I really love in that verse is peaceful. We want our homes to be peaceful. We want our nation to be peaceful. And right now we are being ruled by tyrants and anarchists. For the last two and a half years, I have been covering obviously the story of COVID-19, the the pandemic, what I called the plandemic, uh, and talked about the 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 vaccinations that were forced on the American people, many of them Uh, Many of the people that got those shots have now lost their lives or are permanently uh, injured and even disabled because of the side effects of a really an untested uh, experimental mRNA vaccine that the government pushed on to its people. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this, but just a couple of days ago, Ben Shapiro, one of the co-founders of The Daily Wire, took to his show to say this.
1: It is now perfectly clear that we were lied to. And we were lied to, and we were lied to at a very high level from very, very early on by both the vaccine companies in terms of the ability of the vaccine to prevent transmission. And we were also lied to by our politicians who apparently knew better. And they just kept lying. And this is creating, you want to know why there's mistrust in the institutions? It would be because of this kind of stuff. It makes me really, really angry to be lied to by these people especially because these people then continue to claim their expertise. They continue to claim that we should believe them on everything. And then they whine that people don't believe the science. You never presented science. Instead, you presented a platonic lie about what exactly was going to happen if people took the vax. It was going to die down. There would be no more transmission. And what's more, it turns out the Biden White House knew this and they promoted the lie anyway. So according to the Washington Post, again, they said that it was clear that the potency was waning, that people were getting infected, And Biden went ahead and declared independence anyway because he needed the win. And then he went ahead and tried to backfill that by suggesting a vax mandate. And remember, this remained the Biden line up until today is that you need a vax mandate in the workplace. He is still suing to get OSHA to force employees to get vaccinated. On what basis? On what basis? On the basis that the vaccines are supposed to stop transmission. But we now know that we were lied to by everyone. We were lied to by the scientists. We were lied to by Pfizer. We were lied to by the government. We were lied to by the Biden administration. We were lied to. So this is pretty groundbreaking
0: because those of us who follow Daily Wire for a long time and really admire Ben Shapiro and his outspokenness, this is a sharp guy. And on December 8th of last year, or maybe it's December 8th of 2020, he was like, get the shot, stupid, you know, just going along the company line. A lot of people did that because we had faith that there's no way our government, no matter how corrupt it might be, would ever lie to its citizens about the safety or efficacy of a shot that they wanted you to take. But that's, in fact, what happens. And you hear Ben Shapiro uh, just, you know, uh, begrudgingly saying, I don't like being lied to. We were lied to by the federal government. We were lied to by our governors. We were lied to by the CDC, lied to by the NIH, lied to by Pfizer, lied to by Moderna. And many, many people have paid a terrible price for it and we've got to learn this lesson and learn it well. Well, the way to learn it is not the way that Emily Oster wants us to learn it. She wrote an article in the Atlantic called Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. She said we need to figure we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. Now, here's the thing, and you know, I think good people can disagree on this, but my initial thought when I saw this was, "Oh, heck no." No amnesty for you for this, not now, not ever. Why? Because we don't give amnesty to people who lie to us intentionally. And that's exactly what just happened. And even in President Trump with his Operation Warp Speed, he continues to push this thing, even though it's been proven now that it does not work, it does not stop transmission, it doesn't keep you from getting the Rona, and in fact, it might do permanent harm to you. And that's really what Ben Shapiro is lamenting. Ben Shapiro's like, listen, I didn't need this thing. I was in a group of people that was absolutely uh, the least recommended group, right? Young males who were young, healthy males who are now mysteriously dropping dead from all manner of things, including myocarditis that they didn't have before, right? And he said he did it to protect his ailing parents who he was getting ready to move into. But then it turned out that didn't stop transmission, So it didn't do anything that they said that it was going to do. And yet the author of this article says, we just need to forgive each other for the things that we said and did when we were in the dark about COVID. Well, the thing that makes me so angry about this is that the people that were making the decisions were anything but in the dark. And those of us that did our homework on this and those of us that stood up and said, we're not going to wear the mask. We're not going to take the shot. We're not going to play pandemic with you because we knew in our gut something was wrong. These are the people that are really owed an apology to, right? You want to talk about reparations? Let's start talking about the people that lost their job. But I want to read to you just a little bit of Emily's article in The Atlantic and tell me what you guys think. In April of 2020, with nothing else to do, she says, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal, which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching us on a trail and we needed to put on our masks. Once, when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing! These precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, says Emily, we didn't know. Well, Emily... I appreciate your opinion on this, but the truth is, Emily, if you just would have done a little bit of homework, you would have realized that that bandana that you made on your sewing machine at home wasn't going to do anything to stop the virus particles that were floating around in the air. And even your mask didn't help that. She went on to say, I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm teaching at Brown University on COVID. We've spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic. I can think of nothing. I'd like to do less and relive the the first year of the pandemic, but whatever, the first year of the pandemic. It's so frustrating to me to hear these people come out and say, we just wanna be forgiven because you lost your jobs. Like I couldn't fly anywhere. I lost almost an entire year's worth of income because I couldn't go anywhere like many of you. She said that they've spent the last several lectures discussing the many important choices we had had, uh, to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. So here's a lesson for you. The next time you're uncertain about something, don't inject your body with an experimental mRNA vaccine. That would be lesson number one. She went on to say some of these choices turned out to be better than others. To take an example close to my own work, there is an emerging, if not universal consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. Hmm. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost to students' well-being and educational progress were high. The latest figures on learning loss are alarming. But in the spring and summer of 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Another example, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. Okay, <laughs> if we're if we're smart and reasonable people, I'm just asking an honest question. If we're smart and we're reasonable people, why on earth would we inject ourselves with something that we did not have uh, sufficient evidence would even work? She says it right here. We lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of these vaccines. And yet, President Biden, what is he, triple, quadruple vax is certainly not helping him. President Biden, our tyrannical governors, not the least of which of my governor right here in Washington state, insisted that people either take this experimental medicine, uh, shut your mouth, put your mask on, sit down, shut up or lose your job, or uh, go ahead and risk getting infected or getting infected anyway, which is what happened to almost everyone. So she said, obviously some people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims. Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? Okay, (laughs) wow. I honestly don't even know what to do with this because thinking people were like, oh yeah, hey, don't inject yourself with bleach. Trump never said that, the left knew it and they're like, remember when we had to urge you guys not to inject yourself with bleach? Uh, No, I actually don't remember that because it actually didn't happen the way that you're saying it is. She said, well, that was bad. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem. But most of the errors were made by people who are looking in earnest, working in earnest for a good society. So she she goes on and on. She talks about how people, you know, we should probably not gloat about it, which, you know, I agree. I agree. Don't gloat about it. But for goodness sake, don't forget it either. For goodness sake, don't forget what just happened to us. Don't forget what just happened to our children and adults who lost their livelihoods, lost their jobs. She wants to declare an amnesty for COVID. Oh no, 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 not on my watch. Well, slipper season is right around the corner, you guys. And guess what? Just in time, MyPillow has their slippers on sale. I love these slippers, you guys. I got them from my family for Christmas last year. You will love them too. They are layered and they are awesome. The first layer has the MyPillow patented fill in it. Then they have memory foam and then they have impact gel and they look like moccasins and they're awesome. You can use them inside, outside. They are fantastic. Check it out. And for a limited time, using the promo code HEIDI, you can get up to 60% off. This is an awesome opportunity to support this podcast and an American company. Call 1-800-447-0541 or go to the radio listeners specials page at mypillow.com and use the promo code Heidi. So as you guys can imagine, right after this article comes out declaring, hey, you know, we, wanted, uh, we want amnesty for everything that we said and did uh, uh, during COVID, including forgiving Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Cavidians, who I think is responsible for the deaths of lots and lots and lots of people. I am not joking. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I hope we see the Nuremberg trials when this is all over. I hope that I hope these guys go to prison for what they've done. I hope the military owes these brave men and women who stood up to the face of all these lies and mistreatment and misinformation. I hope that these uh, that these woke officials in the military lose their jobs and that the people who were fired get their jobs back with back pay. I really, really did. And in fact, people who got uh, who got the jab against their will, I hope there's some sort of recompense for them too. And until that happens, we have got to keep talking about this. It can never happen again. So the National Review, of course, comes out with an, uh, with an article called A Pandemic Amnesty. He says, heck no, that's not exactly what they said, but you guys get, get the idea. He says, forget everything, Learn nothing is a bad way to ensure accountability for our institutions. And now he's going to critique what Emily Oster from Brown University said. Emily Oster, writing at The Atlantic, asks whether we can all just forgive and forget what was said and what we did to each other during the COVID-19 pandemic. On the question of masks, school clothing, and the efficacy, school closings, rather, and the efficacy of this or that vaccine, some people got it right. And some people got it wrong. But litigating this forever is a waste of time, she argues. Listen to what he says, and I totally agree with him. I was standing up in the back applauding. No, thank you. I don't want this. And I don't even think Emily Oster should want this. Frankly, Oster herself deserves more credit for trying to talk sense into people during the pandemic about the harms that school closures were inflicting on children. And amnesty means throwing up our hands and simply redeclaring something all adults should already know. Men and institutions are fallible. But what needs a more forensic accountability for our institution, one hopes, perhaps in vain, is that a Republican Congress can launch a solid inquiry into the FDA and the CDC on their response to the pandemic. And we need a much better reflection from journalists, experts, and the public. Some examples should suffice, Oster writes. In April of 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. It's true that most of the public didn't know, although some of them were wary from the COVID messaging from the get-go, including Heidi St. John. I remember the early days when spooked by stories of vicious triaging in Wuhan and Northern Italy, we started sewing masks together in my home. But the experts knew. Dr. Anthony Fauci was among them, which is why he told people on 60 Minutes that drugstore masks really didn't do anything. And yet they're, they're continuing to make people in medical uh, environments do this, including your dentist, including the place where you get your glasses. It's the whole thing is ridiculous. Scientists like Fauci were citing decent existing studies on the questionable efficacy of cloth masks. Only later, Did Fauci retract that view and pretend that he'd been lying to protect supplies of PPE for frontline workers? He started wearing masks himself, although he hinted at his true feelings when he called them a, quote, symbol of the sort of thing that we should do. These people are criminals and they need to be held accountable. I was telling my husband the other day that I do not believe that there will be a time, probably maybe for the rest of our lives, when we won't go into a store, into a grocery store and not see people in masks. I think we're gonna be seeing people in masks part of this mass psychosis that was really started by people like Fauci for the rest of our lives. We don't need amnesty here, you guys. We need justice. And just as with Father Fauci admitting to the New York Times that he would shade his views on, quote, herd immunity based on where he thought public opinion was landing, we need to understand what role conscious deception, which is noble lying, plays in public health messaging. We should investigate it precisely because while it didn't accomplish its ends, its ends it did inspire backlash. We need to investigate it because perhaps the stodgy, smaller Republicans are right. And the very practice of expert deception is an offense against self-government. Maybe we also need to relearn the lesson from the stodgy old moralists that even the practice of noble lies tends to corrupt men and their institutions. I'm going to link back to the entire article so that you guys can read it in the National Review because it's absolutely excellent. But he ends by saying this, the questions in the pandemic were not just factual disputes about a disease that was evolving quickly. They were also disputes about whether the Bill of Rights even mattered anymore think of Bill de Blasio telling Christians, Jews and other religious believers that they had to abide by the city's rule against gatherings of 10 or more people even as he himself was violating these rules in public support of the George George Floyd protests. Amnesty for this? No way. Not now, not ever. If we give amnesty to these people, they're going to continue to do what they've done. Again, the next time we have a pandemic in this country and if we haven't learned anything, It's that just because somebody is in a position of authority doesn't mean they have our best interests at heart. And ultimately, that's what this was about. Whether or not these people had our best interests at heart, a lot of money was made during the pandemic and a lot of money was lost. But the money that was made was made by people that were selling vaccines and PPE equipment and people who were in the federal government and government agencies who who weren't in jeopardy of losing their jobs. But the rest of us lost our jobs and we, sent, we ended up losing people that we loved because the lie that was pushed by the federal government and by government agencies and by people who are unelected bureaucrats should never be forgotten and never allowed to happen again. So when you hear somebody say, oh, let's just forgive and forget, it's not that big of a deal, ask the person next time this comes up if they'd be willing to do the same thing again. And if there are no consequences to suffer for the mistakes that were made and the lies that were told now, My hunch is that it'll happen again. I am very interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. I wanna know what your opinions are. Shoot them to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. I wanna read them on the air next time I come on. I wanna encourage you to join me for the month of November for my study called The Peaceful Fruit of Righteousness. You guys, I am increasingly excited about the number of women in particular mothers who want to raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is really going to help you put a mirror up, look at your own self in light of scripture so that you can pass on to your children what the Bible calls the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Also, and I wrote this down on my notes so that I would not forget, uh, this is the time of year when I love to hear from you. We love to hear Uh, how you guys have been doing, send us a Christmas card. Put us on your Christmas card list and you can write to me, Heidi St. John Care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington 98682. If you are interested in supporting Firmly Planted Family's mission of equipping the culture and equipping families to flourish and thrive you can make a tax-deductible donation to Firmly Planted Family. Just go to firmlyplantedfamily.com or you can send it into us here, Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. You guys, I hope you have a fantastic day. Send your questions in to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And when we answer your questions on Monday, we will include the newer ones that are coming in Please, you guys, send those to me, your questions for also Dr. Mark Sherwood, and we are sorting those out every single day here at the show. We love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting our sponsors and supporting this podcast. Have a great day. I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith.